you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Mark chapter 5. We're going to look in verses 25 through 34. God, as we do come before you, we just thank you that touching you is all that matters. We thank you, God, that you've given us the privilege to be able to call upon your name and you will hear us. God, we thank you for what you're doing right now in the midst of this service. And God, if there's one who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, if there's one today, God, who has yet to surrender their life to you today, God, allow your Holy Spirit to sit with them and talk with them and help them to see their need for a Savior this day. Oh, God, we need you. We're calling out to you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know that if you leave this world, where you'll be? Oh, if you don't know, you can know today. You can be assured today. Oh, if you don't know, chances are we know. <laughs> but you can be assured today that heaven is your home. You can be assured that heaven is your home. He's worth praising. Isn't he? He is worth praising. <laughs> mm.
The Bible tells us in Mark 5, 25 through 34. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Then she heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This is God's holy word. You may be seated. In today's narrative, we find that it is in the midst of another narrative. The narrative we spoke on last week surrounds this narrative. This narrative is looked at often by many as a hindrance to Jesus trying to get to Jairus' home to help his family. However, as it was made clear last week that this was no hindrance at all for Jesus. This didn't keep Jesus from helping Jairus' family. In fact, Jesus stopping and taking time with this certain woman further solidifies his power over death. <laughs> there was a funeral yesterday connected to folks in this church. There'll be a funeral today connected to folks in this church. There'll be two funerals tomorrow connected to folks in this church. In my time as the pastor here, we've had enough funerals that we should understand what the Hebrew writer said when he said, it's appointed once unto men to die, and after this, the judgment. We should also understand the Apostle Paul's words when he said, the wages of sin is death. What we should understand is that death as we know it, it's a reality as long as we're living in this life. But folks, I want to remind us that there's hope. <laughs> the Apostle Paul even shares that while the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
The Hebrew writer shares that as it is appointed once unto men to die, but after this the judgment, as Christ was offered up once to bear the sins of many, to those who eagerly await him, we will, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Our hope lies in Jesus Christ and in him alone. There is no hope apart from Christ. We may ask, or you may ask, preacher, how can you be so confident in this? Today's text helps us to see that when life throws us a (laughs) curveball, when we feel like It's just hopeless. When we find ourselves in a desperate situation, we can desperately reach up to Jesus. We can desperately reach up to Jesus. That's where this woman was. She was in a desperate situation. For 12 long years, she had been suffering from an issue of blood. According to ceremonial law, because of her issue, anyone who touched her or anything that she touched would be considered unclean. Leviticus 15, if we read that, we find that that if she even became cleansed, of this issue. She had to wait seven days and be cleansed for seven days, not touching anything, not touching anyone. And on the eighth day, she could go to the priest and offer up with two turtle doves and with one, he would offer a, uh, a sin offering. With the other, he would offer a burnt offering. As long as an Israelite in this day was unclean, they were to have no contact with other Israelites. What this means, one writer stated that this woman's problem extended even beyond the reach of medical skills. For she had spent all that she had and all the remedies and all the suggestions that physicians had offered her, all they did was made her worse. So here now for 12 long years, this certain woman was labeled unclean. She had no contact with anyone, no hugs, no kisses, no handshakes, no one to embrace her. And she was growing worse. Time wasn't on her side. She was not only growing weaker and sicker, but she had become desperate. But when she heard Jesus was nearby, (laughs) despite the ceremonial law, she pressed her way behind him and she touched his garment. Matthew 9 and 20 says that she touched the hem of his garment. Luke 8 and 44 says she touched the border of his garment. What we know is desperately she reached up and she touched him. Charles Allen stated when you're in a situation when you say a situation or a person is hopeless you're slamming the door in the face of God 
Because nothing's hopeless as long as God is on his throne. No one is hopeless as long as Jesus is still Lord and Savior. He tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I don't know who it may be today, but someone here may be desperate. You may be desperate for peace in your life. Well, I want to encourage you, reach up to Jesus. Because he said in John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you're needing peace today, reach up to Jesus. Somebody here may be, you may be desperate for hope. Well, I want to encourage you to reach up to Jesus because in 1 Peter 1 and 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Someone, someone here today might be, you just may be desperate for joy. Well, let me encourage you to reach up to Jesus. For in Acts 2 and 28, he says, You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Oh, I want you to know that when we get into his presence, there'll be nothing to molest the joy that we'll have with him. Someone here today may be desperate for love. In John 15 and 9, Jesus says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Whatever it is that you're desperate for, if you'll reach up to Jesus, God The God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know what you need or what you're desperate of, but I do know what you need. You need Jesus. You need to reach up to Jesus. Folks, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that in your desperate circumstance, If you'll reach up and call upon Jesus, you'll receive a divine, you'll receive divine results. What do I mean? Well, once this certain woman touched Jesus' garments, immediately, the Bible says, immediately the fountain of blood (laughs) was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed from the affliction. Can you imagine that? Twelve years, he said, it'll never stop. You've given all your money away, and it's done nothing but make you worse. But touching the hem of his garment changed everything. Not not down the road. It didn't change everything the next week. It didn't change everything the next hour. It changed it immediately. I want to let you know something. If you give your life to Jesus, he changes your eternity immediately. He doesn't wait the next week. He doesn't wait to the end of the day. He doesn't wait the next year to see how well you've done. He will change your destiny immediately if you'll give your life to him. 
Immediately, her fountain of blood was dried up. Once the woman touched Jesus, he knew something happened to him. The Bible says he knew within himself that power had gone out from him. You know, this has confused a lot of us for a long time. Because Jesus turns around in this crowd and, and everybody's pushing on him. Everybody's bumping him. Everybody is, is trying to get their hands on him. But this woman touches the hem of his garment. And he knows that power has left him. <laughs> he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Healing power had been released from Jesus. Now, we have to understand, when we, whenever Jesus healed anyone, it was done at his will. It wasn't done automatic. It wasn't like, it wasn't like uh, walking up to Jesus, touching him, and you're, you're healed. No, that ain't the way it was. It was intentional. It was at his will. Everything he does is intentional. You know, I got a problem I better not say that. But listen, folks, we need to understand this. God's a God of order. And there are those who will criticize us, not because, just because we got Baptists on the, uh, on the uh, sign out here, but because we have a program that we look at. Some of us look at it, some of us don't. What we understand, what people outside don't always understand, is that we don't always follow the program because we allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he's going to do. And we'll, we'll follow him as he leads us. The program is just to keep some sort of order. There are those who don't want me in their pulpits because I care notes. You know why I carry notes? To keep me in order, to keep from chasing rabbits for 30, 45 minutes and sharing only 10 minutes of a message. I want you to understand this. God is a God of order. Everything he does is intentional and strategic. And for anyone to think otherwise hasn't looked around. They haven't looked around at this creation. And saw, they haven't been in a biology class. They haven't been in a science class. They haven't been in a history class to understand that everything done has been done in order. Strategically planned by God. <laughs> None of that's in these notes. <laughs> Whenever he healed anyone, it was at his will. His power wasn't just automatically released to anyone who touched him. So, we must ask the question, why was she healed? If he was being bumped all along the way, I imagine... One of the disciples may have even had him by his, by his cloak and, and pulling him through. Why was she the only one healed in this moment? <laughs> Verse 28 tells it. You're right. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. <laughs> this woman's faith was so that she had no doubt that if she just touched his clothes that she'd be healed. But again, the question has to be asked, how did Jesus know? How did Jesus know that this power had been released from him? 
What we don't always understand is the cost of our healing. What we don't often think about is the cost of us being made whole. How does Jesus know? Because it appears that whenever he healed someone, it came at a great cost to him. You know, often what Jesus would do after a great healing, he would retreat. And he would go off to himself to be refreshed. And he'd be refreshed by spending time with his heavenly father. You know, truth is, sin has to be dealt with. No one gets away with sin. It's got to be dealt with. And sin comes at a great cost. Why would we need healing? Because of sin. Not it may not necessarily be your sin, but it's because of sin. Centered in and into the world, a perfect world, a world where there wouldn't be no deficiency of the world, where there'd be no, no sickness, a world where there'd be no death. But when sin entered in, it all came with it. So healing comes at a great cost. How many, I don't know, many of you, if not all of you, you've saw the movie The Green Mile, haven't you? This movie takes place, for those of you who haven't seen it, it takes place in the Depression era of Louisiana. Tom Hanks, he portrays a prison guard by the name of Paul Edgecombe, who is responsible for overseeing death row. This death row is called the Green Mile. It's called the Green Mile because that's the color of the floor between the cells of the prisoners and the electric chair. The prison received a new prisoner by the name of John Coffey, played by Michael Clark Duncan. Coffey had been convicted and sentenced to death. And while awaiting death row, it was discovered by the guards that John had this gift of healing. Coffey heals Paul of a terrible infection that was really uh, affecting him and causing him a lot of pain. And then when the prisoners, uh, when the guards see this, they take him out of the prison to Paul's home so that he can heal Paul's wife who has a terminal disease. Each time coffee healed someone, each, uh, Coffee had to pay a terrible price for it. And he, he would become sick or, or he would have to take that disease or that sickness upon himself, leaving him extremely fatigued, leaving him sick and near death until he was able to release that sickness or that disease. <laughs> Though the guards realized that Coffee was innocent of the brutal crimes that he was convicted of, he pleads with them to let him die. The gift he had cost him so much, he didn't feel he could continue carrying the weight of it. <laughs> Your sin, my sin, it cost Jesus everything. He didn't just die on a cross. He suffered for you and I. It come at a great cost for us to be able to call upon the name of the Lord. To know that he will hear us and that he will save us. 
Here the disciples, they were unaware of the cost. For Jesus to leave the portals of glory to come to this sin-cursed world. For the Bible tells us that in the year of King Uzziah, Uzziah, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw him sitting on a throne. The, the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphims were on top of the throne and they cried out to one another, Holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And Jesus left that. He left that scene to come to earth to bear our griefs and carry our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. But thanks be to God that by his stripes we can be healed. I know what you're saying. No, no, preacher, you're wrong. The Bible says you will be healed or you shall be healed. (laughs) I know what the Bible says. But in order to receive the healing, the eternal healing that Jesus came to earth to provide for us, we must exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by believing that he is the son of God. He lived a sinless life. He died for our sins and God raised him from the dead. I, you know what? I, I've said this over and over and I've been mistaken. I, I, I've been wrong in saying it, that Jesus in his own power raised himself up from the grave. The Bible says that God raised him. He didn't rise up. He was raised up from the dead. If you believe this and you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you will receive the healing that cost him his life on an old rugged cross. The healing that that came with it, him being carried to a whipping post. The healing that came with it, his beard being plucked out of his face. The healing that came with him being spat upon, being mocked, and being cursed. The healing, this eternal healing is what he offers to you and I. He carried his cross up Galgotha's hill. He was nailed to the cross, suspended between heaven and earth. And on that cross, he suffered and sacrificed himself for your sin and my sin. On that cross, he was the once and for all sacrifice for the sin of the world. He did this so you and I can be forgiven. And we can stand before him and hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rulers over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Jesus, it cost him so much for you and I to be able to hear him say, well done. Someone here today believes the gospel. You believe everything the Bible has to say about Jesus. As a matter of fact, many of you here today who are unsaved, you believe that if you would call upon the name of the Lord, that he would forgive you of your sin. You believe that he will write your name in the Lamb's book of life and heaven will become your home. 
There's many in here today who is apart from God who believes this very truth. You believe that if you would desperately reach up to him, that you will experience his divine results in your life. That you'll receive his peace. You'll have his hope. A hope that goes beyond this world. That your joy will be full and you'll love like you never have before because you've never known this kind of love. Someone here today believes the gospel. Jesus asked in here, who touched me? Folks, you can rest assured Jesus knows who touched If you reach up to him, you can rest assured he knows. Why do you think he asked this question if he knew? He wanted to give this woman an opportunity to confess. And when she did, Jesus said, daughter, (laughs) your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. As every head's bowed, every eye's closed. You who are here today and you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you know That if you call out to him, he'll respond. Why won't you respond? He wants to do you nothing but good. He has no ill will to you. He wants to bring healing in your life. He loves you so much that he died for you. He suffered for you. He sacrificed for you. Someone here may have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, but you're far from him. You're not walking with him. You've decided to turn and walk your own path. What you found is your path has no peace. It has no hope. It has no joy. It might have pleasure for a season, but it has no joy. It has not the love that you are longing for. Would you today? Would you today draw nigh to him? For he says he would draw nigh to you. This church is praying right now. Brother Ronald's beginning this song of invitation. As they do, is there one that will say, Preacher, I need Jesus. I believe who he is. I believe what he'll do. I believe what he's done. And I believe if I call on him, he'll save me. 
I'm ready to call on him. Are you today? Are you ready to call on him? Right where you're at, would you call on him? Would you call on him? And just say, Jesus, I believe. And desperately right now, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me white as snow. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sin. Help me now to serve you. Give me the boldness to tell others that I belong to you and you belong to me. Oh, thank you, Jesus.